Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport here in Belgium, although we're just on the border with France. Joined as ever by Matt Stevens. Thank you, Matt. Hi, Brad. We're outside. Oh, we're yeah. not in a van. We're outside, not in a building. And a big we round are. table. Lovely. And we've got another guest tonight, a special guest, a teammate of mine in 2012, Bernard Eisel. Yeah, thanks for the Bernard. good memories. No, thank and you for, thanks for having us. me. Bernie, how are you finding the tour so far? Great. Honestly, it was amazing when we look back to the days in Denmark. They were stressful, but an amazing start. Grand Tepar, really the best one since Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah. And today, I mean, we'll get to today in a bit, but um, quite something, wasn't it, really? And just just going on that, oh, you haven't done so much this year with us, have you, Bernie? Because you've been on the ground with Bora, haven't you? Yeah, I'm um, doing both. I did a bit of commentary. I did the Giro d'Italia for the German mm. Eurosport channel. and But otherwise, I'm on tour with Bora and sports director, driving cars, giving orders. <laughs> Nobody listens. And how do you to. find that? It is uh, really interesting. Honestly, it's uh, stressful. And I think I underestimated, actually, the work of sports directors mm. in modern cycling. It's days of work just before you even get to the race. Yeah. Yeah, and how are you enjoying not juggling it? Because you're clearly doing both, but you you know you're very you're a very organised man. The, the the other night when we were having uh, the Pete's birthday, and there wasn't a toilet downstairs, you let me go into your bedroom to have a wee, and then I obviously just checked out your bedroom. It's like it was so neat. I actually just stood and looked at it for quite a while. And um, is that the way you carry it your life? Because you've got to be organised, like you said. I know a few modern DSs, and they're. It's really, really long days, but you do the commentary as well. I mean, how do you how do you blend it all together? It's. I think it, <laughs> when I looked at the calendar last year and I got the, the program and the pa- puzzled it together or tried, it looked great on paper. It's like yeah. when you look at the calendar, it's like, oh, that looks good. I'm five days home. By the end of the day, you, you don't really have anything out of those five days. So on... It is at the moment that's why I'm trying to stay organized because it makes my life just much easier and uh, having things in order. I think I learned that also from Cavendish. It's like, yeah, ha- ha- you have to sort out your life with him. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. It does. Yeah, yeah. We spoke to Mark last night, didn't we? At the dinner table, we FaceTimed him. He seemed in good spirits. Yes, he was very disappointed not being here, but I think he understood and he had time. I think his hope to be here. He's looking forward to the tour of Poland by the sounds of it. I <laughs> <laughs> hope he's not listening to this. He probably he might be. He won't be. He won't be. No, he might be. no. But no, we wish him all the best, don't we? Um, let's get to Poland, today. You mean? Yeah, to Poland. Yeah, I mean, let's get to today. Um, I'm still trying to digest what happened today with Wout van Aert. I mean, it was quite something. I was listening to it on the headset in the on the on the in the motorbike helmet because I I sort of shot ahead about 15k to go and listened to the commentary of Rob Hatch and and that coming up that last climb and it sounded like epic um and then i got to the finish and i couldn't believe he was still away i mean what do you make of that today matt it was it was it was it was a performance of the greats of the tour de france wasn't it yeah it was i i've not even uh, apart from doing that little bit at the end brad for for eurosport on their instagram i've not even gone on twitter and done oh, this is amazing because i still i'm still a little bit lost for words i think it was nothing short of magnificent and when you look at what jumbo visma are capable of I'd imagine most of the teams knew what they might they might do on that climb, but the, so when teams are kind of expecting it, and yet they deliver it and break the. At one point, I actually thought they'd gone a bit too hard because they they dropped Vingegaard and it all split a little bit. And I thought, well, 
is that really what they want? Maybe he wanted Laporte with him because um, Benut did a lot of the work early on. But I mean, they were just basically sprinting up that climb. It was astonishing. And then the last guy to lose contact and literally was just ridden off the wheel. It wasn't like there was an attack and always gone and everyone's looking around. He just rode the entire Tour de France bunch yeah. off his wheel. And Yates just got dropped 50 metres over the top. Vingigo clearly sat on his wheel. I was thinking, what if Vingigo jumps over? And, and That was what I was thinking, but maybe Vingigo was on the limit as well. And then the way solo to victory, said, you know, eight seconds in the end, whatever it was. But um, absolutely magnificent, wasn't it, Bernie? It was something really, really special, especially in yellow as well. Oh, definitely. And... <laughs> well deserved but I think uh, when we look back a little bit uh, they planned something similar to Paris beginning mm. of the season right away with three and we I remember l when Wingigo looked over his shoulder and he saw Roglic isn't on the wheel and that I think caused some stress yeah they got away l not lucky because he wasn't lucky he was just the strongest but that he rode away on his own I was more surprised that he didn't take anybody with him because I think Adam Yates would have ridden with him and yeah, also I, think he, I think he would have done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was that was interesting, but magnificent. But yeah, I didn't expect. I don't think anybody. Ex we thought that climb might cause problems, but we didn't expect to see the result we saw today. And there was a lot of the the sprinters just completely detached in the end, weren't there as well? I saw Madio after, and he was um, blown away by it. He said it was something spectacular that we saw today in the realms of Hino and you know Max. Yeah, well, I spoke to Walt this morning on the motorbike a little bit, and he seemed so relaxed. And I was listening to Carlton Kirby on the comms, and apparently Walt had gone back to the Tinker quite a few times today. And there was some talk as was he some problem? Is he ill? Carlton was saying that he looks really pale today and all this, and but he could be forgiven for that because he's not a cycling man as we are. He might have had suntan lotion on as well because it was he a hot done, day. But no, it was a hot, it was a hot know, day. Um, it, well, Van Aert is just, he's just a class act, you know? And I, I, I just stopped myself from swearing live on air today when I said, you look in class. And I stopped myself halfway through because I can't talk about him in enough superlatives without swearing. It, it is, um, he's just, um, I'm it, in love with him. I, I'm, I, I, I refrain from licking his face every time I see him. <laughs> Thing is though, but this era that we've got, I mean, every month or so we, we, we're treated to these magnificent spectacles and in the classics and the grand tours and stuff especially in the classics during the year there's there's something old-fashioned about the way that, that the modern riders are racing at the moment i mean it's, a, it's obviously an incredible level but it arguably is more exciting than ever and they keep rewriting the rule books don't they i mean it's just great to watch and i mean but he is probably one of the most if not the most versatile rider riding at the moment isn't he van art yeah definitely he is we we have seen everything this season already last year, but yeah, uh, Strade Bianca, Dadei Bogaccia, set yeah. off Flanders with uh, Mighty van der Poel. Stuff like this is just it races just start so much earlier, and they just go out there and just throw everything they have at each other. They, they don't think what is going to happen in forty k's. They just do it in that moment, and then you see what happens. And this is incredible to watch in every bike race, and that's why it's getting more and more and exciting. Sometimes it's like we always look at it as like a boring stage. But then it is boring probably till that point. But then when they put the hammer down, that's what we are waiting for. And that's what they are waiting for. And that's programmed. But also at the same time, new and modern cycling. Yeah. How, to, how do you, as, as a manager, we were talking about a little bit of dinner, weren't we? Cope, not cope with that plan for that do you mm. are your riders prepared mentally in a different way uh, you clearly have a plan but is there something okay guys this 
might not be the plan. You've just got to do what you can, depending on how your leg, legs are, can keep communicating. How do you how do you manage this new modern scenario where it's with each race it's becoming even more unpredictable? Mm. I think it's I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to compare because yeah. even when Bradley won the tour, it was not easy. It was hard work, but we knew what we were doing. Yeah, because we knew they're gonna throw everything they have at us and attack yeah. with 40 guys at kilometer zero and just go off the road. And we are like, okay, that's a perfect scenario. Mm. I mean, it's a tough one. I think I think these leaders play it out on the road as they feel it in the moment. Yeah. I think you can have a rough plan, but from what I've seen in Pogacar this year, like in Strada Bianchi and Chudeno, he he almost feels it. I don't think he planned to attack with 50k to go in Strada Bianchi. No. He just, there was a moment and it's gone. And that and he did the same at the tour last year when he when he took his main time. And I think that's what's the lovely thing about it is, is we, we, we raced very much to a plan, didn't we? And we knew what we were going to do. And it was predictable to a degree from the outside world. But um, with these guys, I think that, like Van der Poel and that, there becomes a moment in the race. And it's almost like a bit of willy-waving egotistically, you know, yeah. like, I'm going to go now. It's almost like a junior race. Yeah. And it's lovely to see that. And maybe that's just because we're blessed with such great talent now and such great riders. But um, the thing I was going to ask you, actually, is, we we sat here three years ago when uh, around the same time I think it was about stage three or stage four when Alaphilippe dived away through the vineyards and won his stage and took yeah. yellow. Do you remember? Very similar fashion to this, actually, not quite as um, as impressive maybe because he rode the wheel of Alaphilippe was very much an attack. And we asked the question then: Could Alaphilippe win the Tour? Um, and he subsequently finished fifth that year. Yeah. I know Van Aert's got two very distinguished leaders in that team now, but if not this year, do you see him winning a Grand Tour one day? I don't. I don't know it. I, I would say no, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to bet my house on that. Uh, but I, I don't know physiologically. I think he would have to change a lot. But when you, but when you look at what he did last year and the fact he's still getting stronger and building in confidence. I mean, those three stages last year, it was like the years of of Merckx, where you can win a sprint, you can win a TT, win a win a mountain stage. But I think, I just think he's just not. I don't know, I think he must he may lose just too much time in the high mountains, but I I, I don't know is the answer. But I, I think not. But again, maybe but you just three said years that down about the line, myself and I might Brian, be wrong. You? You yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And yeah, no, you're right. But um And Tom and Tom de Milan and yeah. Maybe I'm a little bit too traditional in the way I'm thinking, but um who knows? I mean, who knows what he's thinking as what well? Do what think, do you Bernie? think, Bernie? I think he's gonna lose his life on that. Because it's a mission. It's not yeah. it's not something you take on and you, you decide to do. Yeah. It's something you sacrifice your whole life, your family, and everything around just for one goal. And he's enjoying what he's doing. He's doing the cross season, whatever he wants to do. He can win every bike race he wants and just leave GC behind. It's the same same story with Filippo Ganna. Wins every stage in the Giro d'Italia last year and everybody's like, oh, is he going for yeah. for the Giro d'Italia at some point? Why should he? I think you could almost, you could almost say, though, Bernie, off that, because I, I totally agree with you. What Brad did, you you could argue, but again, look at what that the sacrifice that took yes. for you, Brad. Yeah. You know, you won the tour, magnificent, but and here you are, but mm. at what cost? And you're quite right because it's utterly consuming. Yeah, you know, I imagine, yeah, isn't it? And yeah. and the joy with which uh, Van Aert seems to ride the versatility, the freedom. You do, is it really worth it? You don't, you know, and for him to be to become a GC rider might stymie and stifle what he can already do. He will a, come under know. that pressure though from the Belgian public, I'm sure, and the Belgian media. But because um, they were already asking that question a year or two ago. But 
I think for me, yeah, like we've, you know, we, I, I still think he's got things also on his radar that he hasn't already won. Roubaix, Flanders, you know, they'll they'll be, you know, I think he World like Road Race. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. been second twice, hasn't he? You know? Second in the time trial, anyway. Second yeah. in the road race, and at the same time, it's like it's easy to judge from outside. Even for us, you know, it's like totally, you're on the yeah. other side of the the fence, and you're like, the first time he fails, you're gonna be harsh on him because that's the commitment was for. Yeah, even it's a fifth place. It's a fifth place in the in the Grand Tour is like a dream. It's yeah. like one of the biggest achievements you can actually have in your life. If you a good pro is like a good pro. It's like your dream. Yeah. Not even talking about winning the Tour mm. de France. So what Bradley did there yeah, was it, just outstanding from... I remember Bradley when he used to win a prologue. Yeah. And then went home in the Yellow <laughs> Jersey. I did until 11 now. I'd had enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phil Gilbert likes to remind me of that because I was rooming with him then. Hey, it's all a learning experience, isn't it? It certainly is. Brad, given the sacrifices you made, what advice would you give to Van Art and is it worth it? I don't know. The sacrifice for me, I think it's very difficult to say. I mean, mine's been well documented, but I probably had to do it like that because of the type of rider I was. I don't think the same sacrifice has been said of Geraint Thomas, if I'm talking, you know. I think Geraint has handled it in a different way. Um, so it's hard to say for me. I had a lot of extenuating circumstances which I had to deal with but um, I think I, I think it just I think the way I did it for 18 months the Indian summer I had you know from the Vuelta crashing out the tour of Vuelta Dauphiné and then winning everything in 2012 I think I just adopted a, a lifestyle and it became a religion almost um, which that I couldn't keep up and sustain I think if I'd have found the ability I, I had to race on confidence and gain confidence with the people around me and the team around me and the coaching team and Shane and Dave by winning week in, week out. So when I got to the tour, I had the confidence of everyone to do that. I don't think I was the type of leader that was vocal enough or um, dominant enough to have it take it easy early part of the season, be a little bit overweight and then come into form later on. I needed to perform from from right. dot. You could see that from that trajectory, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I had to perform from dot because I sort of raced on confidence. So I, I to, whereas Froome, he was was great. He was able to sort of be under the radar early season and then build up and then suddenly hit form at the tour. A bit like G's done this year. I found it very difficult to do that. Um, and so, yeah, every ride is different, you know. It's um, it's a hard one, that. But I think the way I did it was much more consuming. Right. Yeah. So looking at tomorrow, the cobbled stage. Yeah. When was the last time we had a cobbled stage in the tour? Was it the one Tony Martin won? Uh, no, there was one in between. Uh, Tony Martin was 2017, wasn't it? He, uh, yeah, and he won on... So we, uh, no, John, John won. Oh, Dagenko won in 2018. 18, yeah, was it? it? So yeah. that was the last yeah. one we had, was it? Yes, on those cobbles in, in that neck of the woods, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah, what we think of it tomorrow? Um, well, it's going to be dry, it's going to be dusty, it's going to be hot. I don't think there's going to be as much, maybe as much wind, but it'll be, there's 11 sectors, as people know. 19.2 kilometres. Could be a few crashes. That could play more of a decider of a selection. Yeah, I mean, you were talking before, weren't you, Brad, um, before dinner? I mean, obviously, because it is, I think it's the most, could be the most decisive stage so far of the tour before we get to Belfi. But um, we reckon a select group at the end of maybe 30 riders or so. Mm. I think that's pretty realistic. Um, 
But this is inter- one interesting nugget I took away from today, just about one team in particular, I spoke to John Dagenkolb. Um, and he said, before I asked the question, he said, please don't ask me to compare Paris-Roubaix in this stage. I said, I'm not, don't worry. He said, that's ev- what everybody's asking me. I said, I'm more interested in what, um, what's your role going to be? And he said, well, surprisingly, he said, I have a free role. We want to win a stage here. And I said, so, and he said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to be lucky and have one of the best days of my life to, to you know, run a top three or whatever. But he, I said, what about Roman, Roman Bardet? And he said, well, we don't really... We're not really here for the GC for Roman. So that was really interesting. So you would have thought that some of the teams with a classic specialist and a GC guy, they'd use that classics guy. But yeah. for them, it's more like the stage and, and Roman with the other guys to guide him through. But that brings me to the next interview, Stefan Kung of uh, Group oh, FDG. on board, yeah, yeah. And he said, I, because he was third in Roubaix this year, and he's like, nope, I have to stay with my leaders. Right. Leaders. So oh, the, oh, Godu, Godu, and Thibaut, and Pino. also the young, uh, the young Aussie. Yeah. So, but it yeah. means also there is like it's not written what they said before yeah. that Thibaut is only going for stage wins, a stage hunt. So, let's see how that unfolds. But I think it's going to be an interesting one because it was very calm the last days. Everybody was behaving. Let's say. It was no major crashes or something. We have seen crashes into yeah. the final, but nothing pile-ups uh, on the way in, in Denmark with all the spectators. So it was very, very calm, actually, for a first week in the yeah, Grand Tour. Was, Just yeah. those couple of crashes on the bridge, that was kind of the major one, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, but not as many as no. in the past, is it? No. No, it no. was... And everybody seems to be, like, settling a little bit and waiting, waiting, because they know what is coming also in the second and third week. And everybody knew those nine days or all the way to La Blanche de Belfi, what it's going to cost them and the teams if you invest. And it's also how do you approach tomorrow? I mean, do you risk like a massive pile-up and your leader is in there or you just step back a little bit and try to jump off one, your bikes it? a few times and just put it on your shoulder and run run by? I think they might not have the choice if Jumbo Visma riding on the front and setting the tone and of course Van Aert's there and everyone knows Van Aert's got a chance of winning again. Van der Poel will be up tomorrow. He's had a relatively easy couple of days. For, hasn't for he? Van der Poel, apart from the, the TT, very quiet. I mean, yeah, um, but I think tomorrow's a big goal for him and that team, isn't it? Oh, uh, you'd imagine so. Yeah. You'd imagine yeah. so. And then I think Ineos will, Ineos is a big day for Ineos tomorrow. Yeah. Keep Geraint Thomas out of trouble. They'll be present. Geraint, top 10 in Paris-Roubaix. Um, you can you can be sure Luke Rowe will be in the top ten all day. You, you could argue, although I think you know it's wonderful to see Geraint win the win the win the Tour de Suisse and his form is on the ascendancy. But out of all, and he's maybe an outsider for GC if the others fall away. But he will be the GC rider who holds the least fear, I think, for this stage. Definitely, he will be so confident. And and he'll, I, I, Martinez is on the kind of on the periphery a little bit, but Yates looks good, but. G's going to be a really important rider and um, he will clearly be given freedom to, to move with the front. He won't be, you know, and obviously Luke will look after him. Dylan, they are such a good classics team, don't yeah, they? Yeah. So they have a lovely balance and I think G, you know, touch wood, you know, but could do something pretty special and take some time out of, not everybody, but some of the big GC guys tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And the thing with G is he never went down in a hot moment. He always had that bad luck like a, This bit in, 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 in a, a zero detail. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. 
something he can't control, he can't program. And that happened all the time. It's like, so for me, he's one, probably an, yeah, an underdog, but mm. podium is every day he's capable yeah, on a rubber stage. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. So today was Dunkirk, obviously, and tomorrow we're in Lille. This region, we know quite well, don't we, Bernie? Two, ten years ago, we had a stage round here to Boulogne-sur-Mer, didn't we? <laughs> and we lost a teammate that day. <laughs> we lost a teammate, uh, Kostandin, Kosta Siftov, and mm. uh, he's <laughs> he broke his kneecap, didn't he? Yeah, it's uh, something. He, he, I, I, remember. I remember he ended up in a wheelchair <laughs> at the end of the night. We all laughed our heads off when he walked in the restaurant. Well, he didn't walk in the restaurant. He was pushed in the restaurant. The dark humour of pro cycling. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of them just things, you know. And he didn't really speak much English, did he, Costa? No, uh, because even when when I pulled over next to him... All he used to say was... Babushka. <laughs> <laughs> and he wheeled in and we were all laughing at Cav and everything, because we were high road together with him. And they were laughing at him. And I just remember he had a bandage under his nose that looked like a moustache. It I don't, was weird. I, I don't, I mean, but yeah, I yeah, can imagine. But... Um, yeah, and, and I remember never forget Sean Yates' words on the on the radio that day when we lost him. You have to say those words because they're still gold for we've me. We lost Costa, <laughs> and Bradley, Bradley looked over. It's like I look over to Bradley, and he's like, "Bradley was in my wheel," and Bradley's like, "Is he dead?" Yeah, I mean, it sounded Sean wasn't didn't sound too promised. It wasn't promising. It's a man of few words from Sean. It can be a bit he ambiguous is, sometimes, can not it? I mean, lo so. lovely bloke, but man of few words. But yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, and that was the day Peter Scam won the stage doing the Forest Gump. Up this small climb in the final. Tough day, though, wasn't it? Really tough. Oh, horrible day. It was like... Mm, I was getting crazy. some rem reminders of that today, actually, on the motorbike round. Some of these climbs, uncategorised climbs all day. It was, uh, it was a beautiful region, actually, round here. I didn't realise. I've only ever raced around here then and the four days of Dunkirk. Which, which is six days. And, and the weather's <laughs> not normally great then, so you don't get... But, but this region, I tell you what, aside from Calais itself, on the run into Calais, that 10, 15k to go, it's beautiful. It's beautiful where we are now, isn't it? We just... What we're stones throw? Eight, we're not six, far from Kemmelberg. Six hundred. Yeah, I mean, but it's mm. absolutely stunning here, and we've 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 already almost got a petition together to stay here for the rest of the tour and just travel. Um, we but, have. Um, mm. Hey, it's it's idyllic. You're mm. next to a big oven there, Brad. Is that like a big pizza oven? It is. A, it looks is. like it. Very much so. Yeah. So we stay here and make three weeks pizza. We, we could do, couldn't we? Mm. I mean, uh, let's see what goes. I mean, uh, our producer Pete will probably have something to say about um, that. You two on the Baileys again? Baileys, yeah. if you're listening. It's been quite nice. We've had a double Baileys each, me and Pete. Um, Please send Brad, some product. you're abstaining uh, for this, at this point. I am. Got, I am. Rona's got a beer on the go. But we, are, we are approaching Yop, because yes. we do want Yop to sort of start. Yeah, we've right. done some Yop-based posts. Um, we've had two, a double Yop stop today. So we stopped on the way to the stage and got um, 750 mil of Yop each. I had a litre of yop after the finish. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> and then on the way back... Goot. Goot for nil and goot rosemary. Goot for nil. Uh, goot, goot phrase. Strawberry. Goot phrase. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bernie, have you had a yop? Nope. Would you like oh, one? Oh, Bernie. Uh, would you, you like you, one? I'm not in the car with you guys. So no, I'm, seriously, uh, have you never had a yop? Yeah, I did, yeah. You, uh, what flavour? But you know what I bought today? What did you buy? I, know, I bought an icebox. You did to keep, well. No, to okay, keep it cool. Let's 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 expand on that. We went to a uh, decathlon, one of the biggest decathlon uh, sporting stores I've ever seen. It's like being in basically an aircraft hangar, uh, full of, of of really low rent mannequin dummies in like goggles and and just weird flipping cheap trousers with multiple zips on and bollocks like that. It was amazing. Sorry, but it was amazing. But we spent a good three quarters. We nearly missed the stage stage finish because we we're there so long. Um, we didn't. 
but it was, um, I've lost my thread. But what we bought was an inflatable um, icebox. Um, spent 30 euros of, of Discovery Warner Brothers cash on it. Can you um, plug it into the no, car? No, we can't. So we have to buy another one. <laughs> Pete was like, result, we've got the best inflatable cool box probably in the world, or at least in that branch of decathlon. Um, to, so I'm trying to save money. Got back to the hotel here. And what do you do? You open your boot. Have a look at this, boys. Yours plugs in cool. with a fan. That's why it's called it's, the cooler box. <laughs> Poor old Pete. You could use ours as a dinghy, though, mate, couldn't you? We could put the Turkish Delights here. We've got 10 Turkish Delights to give away, slightly damaged. We could, to anybody who, who we, We're going to go for predictors, so anyone, we're going we're to start doing some predictors to our fans who listen to we the show. We need to get people to, to, re, and to reach out to And the will receive a Turkish Delight, slightly Turkish peripherally Delight. damaged. I'll tell you what, um, yeah, I was thinking of another prize. I've got some socks that I could give them as well. No, I've got three pairs of socks. I've got a polka dot jersey socks, green jersey socks. The ones I got free in the airport in the magazine, I'll give those away and Brad can sign them. Yeah, I bought socks today on, Did you? on Warner Brothers. <laughs> how much were they, Bernie? One sixty-nine for how many pairs? Three pairs. That's not bad. That's so good got value. Free value. That's value right there. Free That's white ones. Three black ones. They say in Spain. A rebajas. 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 Planta so, principal. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, been a good couple Platos of days. Combinados. <laughs> Platos combinados. Platos. <laughs> pasajeros, señores pasajeros. Very, very, I thought I thought it was Alberto sat next to me. No, it's quite dark. No, he's from Madrid. Is he? Oh, sorry, I'm speaking sorry. with Murcian accent. Pinto, ah, Pinto, of course. Pinto, he's from. Of course. Pinto. Señores pasajeros. Oh, Vol, Bernie, easy just, jet. Vol, just cinco, seis, ocho, <laughs> <destination>, <laughs> Manchester. You know, you know, it, it, you listen to some bands. Yeah, and then they have a really good Rubber song, bands. and then at the end they do this really weird jazz outro yes that's what this pod's been like isn't it it has it's like, oh no what oh oh it was a good pod and then they started talking about inflatable that's, that's cool what boxes. we should do in the future <laughs> right. we just play some music and then we continue talking i know yeah well, that'll do anyway that'll do for tonight so uh <laughs> thank you for listening and join us tomorrow yeah where we'll be reviewing the cobbled stage for the tour de france Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Bernie. Thanks. Thank you to Turkish Delight. Thank you to Baileys. If you get in touch, please. Yop. And Yop, please respond to either mine or Matthew's message via the Instagram <laughs> direct message service. Goodbye. <laughs> what a pod. <laughs> Especially Yop, Mexico. <laughs>